spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. For I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. so, so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it, still you
standing if you would and we're going to pray go ahead man go on down uh children's church hang out just a little bit until we uh, finish praying what i want to do is pray for schools some schools have already started some schools will start this week hard to imagine a time where we uh i don't know how to say it where we need Christians in schools more than than this time. Uh, let's do it this way. If you are if you work at the school in any way, if you're working in the schools in any way, or if you're a student in from twelfth grade and under, if you work in the school in any capacity, or if you're a student twelfth uh, grade and under, remain standing, everybody else can have a seat. We're going to pray. Dear Lord, I, I do pray that you would help the Christians in the room to understand how important it is, uh, crucial. It is, it's just hard to put more importance on it than what we do. It's crucial that we live out our salt and our light in the, in the schools. For the students in the room who are who are in Christ, that they would take that very seriously and understand how important it is to pass that light on to someone else, to be salt and light to someone else. How important it is to not leave their Christianity outside the doors of the school. And all the, all the employees who work in the school, no matter what the, the place may be, the position may, may be, uh, we're, they're, they're dealing with people. They're, so they're, they deal with souls. So Father, help the employees, the, help the adults, and help the students to, to just see what you've done for them and to uh, have this great burning desire to pass it on to someone else. I pray for their protection and uh, for their witness this year in our schools. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Children's Church may be dismissed. See Hannah at the double doors.
The rest of you, Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 4. Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 4. We looked at this scripture last week. There's so much here, there's no way I was going to get through it all in one week. And probably next week, probably if the Lord wills, we'll look at the first verse, actually, the weight and the sin. But today, we're going to read the whole scripture, 12, 1 through 4, but primarily look at uh, verses 3 and 4. Last week was more, it's looking unto Jesus, focusing on him. Last week was more focusing on him instead of each other, focusing on him instead of yourself. Uh, this week is, is focusing on, on him, look to, look to Jesus, but uh, being aware of what you see when you focus on him. It, what do you think you see? So, Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 4, let's read the text. There is an outline of this message on the back side of your announcements. The title today is No Greater Love, and we'll get to that in John chapter 15 here in a minute. So the Hebrew writer continues, it really is a continuation of chapter, chapter 11, all the heroes of faith. And so the first word in uh, chapter 12, verse 1, is therefore, or you could just put in the word so. So we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, all those people that he talked about in chapter 11, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Again, looking unto Jesus, focus on him, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy, I'm going to come back to that, it's, it's on your outline, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him, who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. And then the last verse, verse 4, you have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. And we're going to take uh, use the outline, look at that, but I really, I'm, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time like the first half. I really want to get down to the end, the very last part. It's what I want you to see. I, I want to concentrate on that, and I want the last part to be what you remember when you leave the Lord's house. But working our, our way down, I ask you to key in on, cue in on that word joy, who for the joy that was set before him. What is Jesus' joy? Now, it would be easy to say, well, it's what he says here, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised and shame, went through all he went through on the cross, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I think, so the joy would be, well, at the end of all this, I get to sit down at the right hand of God. I just think there's more to it than that. I, I, I agree with that. That's a great thought. Well, there's going to be, there's going to be that ending point where I get to get to be with the father and I, you know I get that that that's but I do I really do think that there's more to it than that so what I want to ask you to do this will be on the screen but to but today if you have your bible I wouldn't like you to, what I'm going to ask you to do I'm going to do this with mine we're going to go to John chapter 15 and I'm going to go back and forth back and forth so I guess what I'm asking if you put your finger there or the person next to you take take 
but their finger, put it there, just something to, something to mark that. Now, I don't use an iPad or a phone, not against that at, at all. I just don't do that with my Bible. I always have my hard, my, have my hard copy. I don't have any idea how that works. I don't know if you can do that. But anyway, how, whatever you need to do, or you can just simply watch the screen. thing about screen, we just can't go back and forth quite so fast. But I'm going to read John chapter 15 and come back to Hebrews chapter 12. And the scripture is John 15, 9 through 13. Back and forth. Jesus said in John 15, 9 through 13, and at the end, we're really going to concentrate on John 15, 5. But verse 9, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, here, here it is, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us, for you, isn't it? Greater love is no more. There is no greater love than that, that he would die for you. I mean, you can't do more than that. But the joy is uh, his joy that it might remain in you and that you might have joy. What another part of that his joy may be full that uh, for the joy that was set before him is you. It's you. It's me. It's us. For God so loved the world. It's all of us. That For the joy that was set before him. I know that he could see ahead and see the throne beside the Father. But somebody who is like God is like Jesus whose life revolves around giving. Joy is so much more than, hey, what I'm going to get. I, I, I have a hard time. I really do. I have a hard time to believe that the only joy Jesus is talking about is what he's going to get. It just, you know, don't, don't you struggle with that too? That the joy Jesus, the only thing he's talking about is what he's going to get? Because he never really talks about that, what I, what's in it for me. It's hard to imagine Jesus who gave his life on a cross for you and me caring about himself. The joy in John chapter 15 is you for the joy that he gets to pay your debt, that he gets to save you, that he gets to give you the chance for life, that he gets to see not only the Father in heaven, but to see you in heaven. So the joy is you. That's where his joy came from. So there's the joy, and, and we're going to come, we're going to go back to John 15, but back over again to Hebrews chapter uh, 12, back kind of back and forth. Consider him in comparison in verses uh, 3 and 4. I'm just going to read it real real quick. Uh, we've, we've seen it once. I'm going to repeat it again. Consider him, verse 3. Consider him. Think about him. Uh, consider him in comparison. Think about him. Consider him going on. Uh, who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Think about that. 
lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Here, you have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. Consider him, what Jesus went through. There's a point that this is going to lead to. Think about him. Consider him. Think about what Jesus went through. You haven't done that yet. You have not yet resisted unto blood. Okay? So in the comparison, think about what Jesus went through and think about what you've gone through. I want to say this right now. Uh, last week we dealt almost entirely about focusing on Jesus, not each other, not yourself. This week is, is focusing on Jesus. What do you see? The love that he had for us, the price that he paid for us. Verse 4 uh, taught me a whole lot years ago. It still does. You've not yet resisted the bloodshed, striving against sin. For those in the room who are serious about their discipleship, not everyone in the room is. I get that. I don't, I don't care what crowd I speak to. Not everyone in the room is, is really serious about their discipleship. Some are just here, you know. But there are some. I know, I know there are. There's some in the room who are very serious about your discipleship. You're very serious about your work for the Lord. You're very serious about the ministry God has given you. You're serious about it. Here's what happens along the way with all of us who are serious about the ministry of Jesus Christ. As you work for him, as you do what he asks you to do, as you do the, the, as you do the ministry that Jesus has called you to, what happens along the way, and that's exactly the point of, point of chapter 12 thus far, you get discouraged along the way in the race, kind of like last week. Sometimes it's because of the people around you, all right? Got that. Sometimes the people around me, they discourage me. Uh, the work gets hard along the way. There's struggle along the way. Listen to what I'm going to say. Some of you aren't here yet, but some of you are here. It's easy sometimes because of what's going on, and maybe things aren't going on real well. There's probably not a person in the room that's going to admit to thinking this, but you have thought this. God, it seems like I'm trying harder than you are. Nobody ever says that. Nobody. I've never heard anybody say that except me saying it to myself. Now, some of you are sitting here saying, man, I, I never, but some of you know exactly how, how that feels. God, Jesus, it seems like I'm trying harder than you are. Lord, I'm working on my marriage, and it seems like I'm working harder than you are. I'm praying, and I'm not getting an answer. I'm trying, and nothing is changing. 
God, I'm depending on you, but it seems like you're not showing up. God, it seems like in whatever area it is that I'm trying harder than you are. I was going through that spell, you know, oh, pitiful me. I'm, I'm the only one trying, you know. Don't tell me <laughs> I'm the only one in the room. You're not going to raise your hand. You're not going to nod, nod your head. But any serious disciple of Jesus, if you haven't been through that, I'm telling you, you're going to go through that somewhere along the way. The struggle is going to get tough. It's going to be lonely along the way. And it's just going to seem like God's not helping God, it seems like I'm trying harder than you are. And I came across that verse 4, and it's just like Jesus speaking to me. Wait a minute. Jesus speaking to me. You haven't resisted unto blood. What's that mean? Jesus gave his blood on the cross for you and for me. I've never done that. I've never been asked to do that. I've never went that far. There's no greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. I've never done that. Jesus did. Je Jesus said to me that, that day, whoa, wait a minute. What? Stop on the pity part party here. You've not yet resisted the blood. Jesus can, can, uh, can honestly say, but I have, and I did it for you. So you may think that, you know, God doesn't care, but oh, yes, he does. And he proved it on that cross. So there's a comparison. And that's why he says in verse 3, consider him. Now look at yourself seriously. Do you not see the difference? Yeah, I know, God, but okay, let's put this quote on the screen. And there's, and there's a quote on the, on the backside of your announcements, too. So the George McDonald quote. I'm going to take this quote. I'm going to, the quote is not about exactly what I'm, what I am t talking about. But I'm going to change it a little bit. Because you don't see what can be done, you say God can do nothing. Which is like saying there cannot be more within His scope that there is within yours. Because you don't see what can be done, how's it going to work? What can, because you don't see how it can be done, you begin to wonder if God can do it because you can't see it, which is like saying that God doesn't know more than you. Okay? Now let's change it around a little bit and fit more of what we're saying right now. Because you don't see what God is doing, Let's just change a quote up like, like that. It fits a little bit more. Because you don't see what God is doing, then it's easy to begin to wonder, is God doing anything? Just because you don't see it. Then that means God must be doing nothing just because you don't see it. Well, you know that's wrong, right? Which is like saying that there cannot be more within his scope than there is within yours. That's like saying that, that, that God can only do and be at work and be active and be involved in people's lives and be involved in your life. That it can only happen if you can see it. But that's not the way it is. 
There's just all this going on that you don't see. I'm going to use real quick the story of Elijah. thought about using it last week, and I didn't, and I think, well, it actually fits more this week. But real quickly, that Old Testament story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 18, 19, Elijah has this confrontation with the prophets of Baal, and he kills them all, and uh, then he, he, he's scared of Jezebel. And so he runs away from Jezebel, he goes to the stream, he's fed by the birds, and then eventually goes to the cave. You, do you remember that story? He goes to the cave, and he's hiding out in the cave, and, and God comes to him uh, twice. And I went back and read the story, and actually, Elijah gives this excuse three times. One time on the mountain with the prophets of Baal, he says to them, he said, I and I only am a prophet of God. I'm the only one left. I and I only am a prophet of God. And they took a sword and killed all the prophets of Baal. Really hadn't caught, I didn't remember that he said that to the whole crowd. I and I only am a prophet of God left. Runs away from Je Jezebel, is hiding in the cave, and God comes to him twice. And says, Elijah, what are you doing here? Why are you here? And Elijah said, well, they've torn down the, they've torn down the uh, uh, altars and they killed your prophets and I'm the only one left, God. He's not talking to the, the people now, he's talking to God. I'm the only one left. And then Time goes on, God comes to him again. Elijah, why are you here? Why are you hiding out in this cave? Well, they've destroyed your altars and they've killed your prophets and, and I and I only am the only one left. And God comes to him and said, well, here's what I'll tell you to do. And he doesn't explain it all. He said, I, I want you to go ahead and go and anoint two kings to be kings. And I want you to find this man, Elisha, who is plowing in a field, and I want you to anoint him to take your place. We don't know what's going on with Elisha as he's plowing in the field, but Elijah is supposed to go and anoint him, and Elisha takes, uh, does it immediately. When Elijah shows up and anoints Elisha, Elisha drops everything he's doing and goes. That tells me that God was already at work in Elisha, and he's just waiting for Elijah to show up. And also, I, what, the, the pity party that Elijah is going through is what I want you to see. I and I only am the only one left. And he anoints Elisha, and Elijah doesn't know it, but Elisha goes on to, if you count, Elisha goes on to do twice as many miraculous works as Elijah did. Elijah's thinking he's the only one. And God says, here's, a, here's what I want to get at. By the way, Elijah, there are 7,000 people like you in Israel who have not bowed the knee to Baal, who are consecrated to me. There are 7,000 of you. You think you're the only one. No. Just because you don't know it doesn't mean God doesn't know it. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean that God can't see it. And Elijah, there's more of you than what you think there is. 
There are 7,000 of you. That's my business. I don't have to tell you that. And it really was just kind of, oh, by the way, just to set the record straight. But God, it seems like you're not doing anything just because you can't see it. Just because you don't hear it, just because you don't know it, doesn't mean that God doesn't see it. It doesn't mean that he can't hear it. And it doesn't mean that he doesn't know it. He does know it. He just doesn't have to share with you. What do you got to do? What he tells you to do. That's what you do. That's what I do. What he tells you to do. What anybody else is doing. Whatever else God's got, hap got happening in God's world is up to God. It's not up to me. All right. Let's move on. Here's what I really want you to see. I want you to leave with this. John chapter 15, verse 5. John 15, verse 5. I'm the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. This is what I want you to see. You see that last part? For without me, you can do nothing. I want to get t-shirts made with that. See, if you're not careful, if you're not real careful, and nobody ever says this, you start get to thinking it's the other way around. Without you, God can do nothing. <laughs> Nobody says that. But if you're not careful, if you're a serious disciple of Jesus, if you're not careful, things can kind of get to looking like that. That's what I want to leave you with. For without me, you can do nothing. This is Jesus speaking to you. Now, he doesn't say, Without me, you're, you're limited. <laughs> it doesn't say without me, you, there's not much you can do. There's nothing you can do. Nothing without him. I was talking to an atheist one time. Of course, an atheist doesn't believe that God exists at all. I thought the irony of that is, as the atheist was taking his breath, and I didn't pick out the first song, but I don't know if you caught this, and I didn't know, I didn't catch it either until we were singing. It's his breath in your lungs. <laughs> but as the atheist was spewing out to me his atheism, I, 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 I just, have you ever talked to somebody and you're not listening? <laughs> I hate to admit this, but I wasn't listening to anything he said. It's, it's, just, it's just nonsense, nonsense, it's just nonsense. So as he's spewing out his atheism, I was thinking the whole time, the God that you pro, uh, proclaim that you don't believe in is giving you the breath to say what you're saying. Every breath, every breath you have comes from him. He pulls his hand off, you stop, you stop breathing, that's it. Every heartbeat, every heartbeat is from him. Old show. You remember some of you, remember the show MASH? You know, the surgical show sur uh, set in Korea. So the surgeons and Hawkeye Pierce. I hate, it's getting bad when I have to use an illustration from MASH and Hawkeye Pierce. But he said something one time, of course, he's a surgeon. 
and he's working on a heart. And they pull the heart out, they set it on the, on the table, and they make the heart stop beating. And then they do what they do to try to start it up again. And Haw Hawkeye Pierce said, it's amazing for all that we know about the human body. We know how it works, meaning we know how the heart pumps the blood. We know how that works, but nobody knows why. And they started the heart up again, and it started beating. And nobody knows why. Without me, Jesus said, you can do nothing. For every serious disciple of Jesus, you're going to go through a time where you're going to learn that. Jesus is going to take you through a time where you run out of everything else and everybody else. And you're going to, he's going to take you through a time where you learn that. I've, been, I've had to go through that twice. Where uh, John Newton said, no one believes they are a sinner by being told. No one believes they are a sinner by being told. You've got to be shown. Okay, nobody believes that. Without me, you can do nothing by, by me telling it to you. You don't. You assent to it. You, you, you believe it in your head, but you really haven't believed it with your heart yet. There's a difference. There's going to come a time God's going to take you through something and he's going to show you the truth of that. Without me, you can do nothing. Stress nothing. He's going to show that to you. Some of you, you may be there right now. Say, hey, that's what's going on right now. God's showing me without me, you can do nothing. Some of you have gone through that. I've gone through that. I may have to go through it again. I've gone through it twice. I may have to go through it again. God's going to show me deeper. So for some of you, you may be there right now. For some of you, you say, yeah, I've, I've been through that. Good. And then for some of you, you will go through it. Where it's more than just, oh, yeah, I see it on the screen. Oh, yeah, I see it in my Bible. Oh, yeah, I heard the preacher say it. And I don't disagree with it. I believe it is true. But he hadn't really shown it to you yet. You haven't really gotten it down into your heart. Now look at this. Here's, without me, you can do nothing. Now look at Philippians 4.13. This is the one, you know, we have on shirts. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And Paul said, I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. Here's what I want you to see. Until you go through John 15, 5, until you go through it, you don't get to Philippians 4, 13. Okay? You may think you do. You don't really get Philippians 4, 13 until you get John 15, 5. Without Jesus, you can do 
nothing. Maybe for somebody in the room, that's what you're going through right now. That explains it all. That explains it all. That's what God's trying to show me. That's what God's trying to do. Just take away everything. But after you get through that, then you can go on to now. Now. When I learn without Jesus, I can do nothing. Now I can do everything through him who strengthens me. That explains a lot. Okay? I'm going to ask you to stand. Musicians are going to come, and we're going to pray. I'm going to ask you to bow your head with us. And this message is, it is, it's primarily for the serious disciples of Jesus Christ who are, who are listening to this in, in any way. Serious disciple of Jesus Christ. You're serious about your ministry. You're serious about your faith. And some of you know exactly what, know exactly what the scripture just said. What you've been through, you know it. Yeah, God, God showed me that. Some of you are there right now. God is showing you that right now. Without him, you can do nothing. He's showing that to you right now. For some of you, you're getting ready to go through that. He's preparing you for it. On the other side is Philippians 4.13. Now, now I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God, help me to get through to the other side. Help me to get through this. Jesus, help me to get through this because I can get through this with your help, but I can't get through this without your help. Lord Jesus, help me get through this to the other side. If you need to come and pray this morning about anything, no matter what it is going on with you, you may need to come and pray for someone else. But if you need to come and spend some time talking to the Lord about what's going on with you, what he's doing, Lord, help me get through this so I can get through to, to the other side. If you need to come and pray while they play and sing, we invite you to come.
stores our faith in God.